show, and it's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities and building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations. And we're going to chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. So let's get going. I'm so excited to uh, introduce my next guest because storyboarding and nonprofit fundraising really go hand in hand. And this is going to be a great conversation about storytelling. So I'm super pleased to introduce Chris Miano, I hope I said that right, um, who is the founder, and I'm going to say it, although he's too humble to say it, the CEO of Memory Fox. Chris, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to Raise Nation Radio. It's so great to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Don. This is really great. Well, the first thing I'd like you to do is help us get to know you a little bit better, and all of our fearless fundraising listeners out there, they want to get to know you a little bit better. So tell us all about your brother who texts, is going to probably be texting during this uh, episode, and just let us let us know who you are, um, the professional, and maybe just a little bit on the personal side, too. We want to get to know you. Yeah, great. No, thank you so much. And really, I'm honored to be here. Um, this is really, really cool. And you guys do great work. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just really happy. Um, so, uh, well, my story, right, because we're a storytelling company. Well, my story starts in Buffalo, New York. Um, it's beautiful out, by the way. It's not snowing. So we'll just get that out of the way. It's like 95 degrees outside right now. But um, I, you know, I, I grew up in a very Italian household with a lot of storytelling. Most of the stories I think were true, but uh, of course some, <laughs> some uh, fish fish tales get in there along the way. But um, so I grew up around storytelling, right? All these people that like to put on a show and um, around the dinner table and things like that. And uh, so storytelling was always kind of core to to who I was. Um, and then uh, and then I went to college, and then afterwards I joined the army after nine eleven. Oh, thank you um, very much for your service. Thank you. Yeah, no. Thank you. It was a privilege to serve. And, 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 and part of it was you learn a lot, right? You learn a lot about the world. You learn about yourself, but you learn a lot about, um, you know, interacting with other cultures and having empathy and really, really striving to, to really understand the way the world works and how people work. And um, one of those things that I learned very early was storytelling. And you wouldn't think about it at, at, that in the army, but th if you think about it, right, what connects people in fundraising, right? Telling stories, right? That's how you win people over. That's what's memorable. Well, if you're a young lieutenant who's from Buffalo, New York, trying to influence people, you know, who may be from Compton, they might be from St. Louis, they might be from, you know, Albuquerque, right? All over the country. Well, storytelling is how you connect with people and making people feel heard. Make hundred percent story, right? Their story be heard. And so, and so very early in my officer career, I really understood that is like tell stories and get other people to tell stories, their story. And that builds empathy and understanding. And so that was just sort of the initial learning. But then, of course, you know, there was a war going on. So we deployed to Iraq and there I was a young platoon leader 
I'm in charge of 35 guys. And uh, one of our first patrols was to this small village called Casalia. And I was so excited, right? It's like this oasis village. And I was so excited to see it. We show up and it had been completely, and it's kind of a sad story, but there's a nice ending to it, is it had been pretty much leveled to the ground um, by insurgent forces. And um, when we get there, right, I'm this young lieutenant who's going to save the world. And of course, I naively go into that town and I'm like, well, what's going on? How are we going to fix this? And I came upon one old man that lived there. He was the last person that stayed and he refused to leave. I guess he had been there for months and months by that point. And he built like this little shed. And I asked him, I said, what, what are you, you know, what are you doing here? What are you, what are you still staying here for? There's nothing here. There's no water. There's no anything. And he sat me down, poured me a little cup of chai tea, and he told me a story about when he was a young boy, you know, 50 years before that, a young French couple took their honeymoon in their small little humble town. And he pointed out the window and there's like craters in the road. And he said, they used to walk up and down the road just right there when I was a child. And they used to visit with all the locals and they used to drink tea with us and eat. And, um, you know, and he told me some other stories and he said, if I leave, these stories leave with me. And it's like this town never existed. Oh, and, I was like, and they're very poetic. Powerful. That's so, so powerful. powerful. And it it moved me. Right. You know, yeah. especially just moving being a humble guy from Buffalo. Right. And um, I mean, I, I just get chills thinking about it. But what was amazing about it is is the power of storytelling. So he tells me this story. And then I get influenced by it. And then I went back and I told my leadership that story. And then our organization prioritized that village for reconstruction um, because we felt so connected to the stories that that guy told us. And, um, you know, amazing. Right. And it really I hope like that's that's what we do as fundraisers or or, you know, professionals is we tell stories that help connect people to a mission and um, so that they feel that that connection. And um, so we were right. And then so now we were prioritizing that we helped reconstruct that village because of this man. And um, so, you know, so you flash forward 10 years, I get out of the army and I'm sort of, you know, for a lot of transitioning veterans on um, it's difficult, right? Because your story is now completely upended. When you're on a military base, everybody sort of has the same story. But now you take someone out of that and you move them back to Buffalo, New York, where nobody knows your story. And you're just, a, you know, you have no connection there through your story. And um, so I actually originally built this company, Memory Fox, as a way to help capture the stories of pre-dementia elderly to get like their life story so that those stories could be passed down across generations. Um, Because I think everybody, you know, even listening to this, we've all probably experienced that at some point in our life. Like I wish that I knew more about grandma or great grandma. And so to kind of solve that problem. And so we're building it and it's going pretty well. And it's, it's a cool little product. Well, a local veteran nonprofit who has the Naval Park here in Buffalo asked, hey, can we use the platform to collect stories from veterans? Because we did this this fundraising. We want to do this fundraising campaign that leverages the stories of veterans. And I said, well, that's pretty cool. How would you do that? 
typically? And they said, we wouldn't <laughs> because it's really hard to sit people down, collect their stories, edit it, and then be able to like put it on your website, mash it up into a cool meta video, you know, all the things that you need to do to be able to take that storytelling content and then deploy it along your fundraising channels. There's a lot that goes into that, right? It's not as simple as just taking a video. And uh, so I was like, hey, that's a pretty good idea. And so we shifted the platform to be more of a, a nonprofit storytelling platform versus a family storytelling platform. And so that's how we got into it. We kind of went backwards into it and have spent the last couple of years growing it. We just hit our hundredth customer, which is like, amazing. congratulations. That's so cool. So cool to like just yeah. build things, you know, incrementally based on customer feedback and, uh, so and your customers are helping day, you right? build the platform together. The it customers sounds like. help us build it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just an army guy, right? <laughs> you know, oh, I, don't say just. Take the word just out of that. You know, oh but, my gosh. You know I mean, like, I don't come from a fundraising world. I don't come from that. So there's a lot of learning that goes into that. But of course, you know, what people tell me is storytelling, storytelling, authentic storytelling is authentic storytelling, whether you're telling a story at a, around the dinner table or you're telling it to a potential donor. It's a it triggers the same sort of mechanisms inside of you. Yeah. Um, and so that's our mission, right, is to help nonprofits tell great stories about their mission so they can raise funds better. Yeah. You know, I, I absolutely love that because I do believe that storytelling is the heartbeat of um nonprofit work for sure, mm -hmm. but it is the store. It, it is the heartbeat of just a bet. It's the one thing that connects us all. We all have stories. Humanity. Um, and I'm so, I'm so, I have so many comments. I don't even know where to right. start here because <laughs> you would think that you going, right. Yeah. Well, you would think that it would be simple, right? Just tell your story. You used a word that I think it's super important authentic story, authentic. right? It can't be this overproduced, fabricated. Oh, not selling vacuums. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. It can't, it can't be that. It just needs to be from the heart, that authentic, mm -hmm. you know, story, which, which sounds like, you know, you help nonprofits do. So I love that. I, I want to dial back to you, the beginning of your introduction that you, you know, grew up in a, an Italian family who told <laughs> stories. Did you tell stories with a, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of volume and a lot of hand gestures like my I was family did? Say, if you, if you didn't <laughs> mention hand gestures, that's a big, you're probably going to see me doing a lot of hand gesturing right here, but that's, you know, that's what it is, right? It's a like the passion. The passion Foster has their own storytelling traditions, right? You know, the, the a German story might be different from an Italian story from a something that comes from China, but really, like they all have the same. It's the common denominator. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let me digress one moment. My when my husband and I were dating, um, he came, you know, over to the family for some type of Thanksgiving get together. I don't know what it was. Um, I have an Italian background and yes. um, my mom's, my, my mother's maiden name was Bonomo. So um, <laughs> he came over and, you know, we got into the car and of course, you know, how'd you like the family, you know, was yeah. like, what'd you think? He's like, oh, everybody's nice, but can I ask you something, Dawn? And I'm like, what? And he's like, why was everybody yelling? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> who was yelling? I didn't hear anybody yelling. <laughs> he's like, well, you, I hate to tell you this, but you guys yell the entire time i was yeah. like we did it's i gotta hard. pay attention to that to get a word in. but we get the we you know we get this passion about so that's the other word that i would love to use oh there went my water bottle sorry listeners <laughs> um but the, it's passion and authenticity and you would think that 
who knows your story better, um, but it's not easy, Chris. Can we be honest about it? It is just not easy arcing out that story and telling it in not just an authentic and passionate, you know, manner, but one that's going to create community and connect with donors. Because let's face it, that's what it's all about. That connection with donors, just like you were so moved so many years ago, Um you know, by the story of the, you know, man who didn't want to leave his, his community, man from that story has to be compelling enough to convert a listener into a donor and, and, and maybe a lifelong recurring donor. So I know that that's a pretty hard question, but that's mm-hmm. the, really the crust of this. It's not just telling your story, authentic passion and compelling I don't want you to give away all your secrets because clearly we just need to, you know, call memory Fox and, and get the job done. Right. Cause I know you guys do fantastic work, but what do you say? What, what do you say to that about that, that part of it? It's, it, it's not, yeah. it's not as easy as it sounds. No, no, it's not. And it does require a little bit. And that's one of the early things that we learned. It wasn't just as simple as just providing people with an easy way to collect video, you know, that, that could collect. Because that, sometimes that's just testimonials. And testimonials are great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that's not a story per se. Right. And so one of the things early that we learned is we needed to build something into you know, so so that end storyteller sits down and they're telling the story. Well, there needs to be some sort of cue that guides them so that they can kind of stick to the through line a little bit because a story can meander and then it becomes difficult to leverage. I mean, you got everyone listening probably has collected a story at some point and then been like, oh, I would love to use this, but it just just goes in circles and it. There's there's just too much or too little. So and knowing so, what to put in and what to put yeah, out must be really you important. Guide them a little. Yeah, bit. You, you sort of do right because not everybody has because th- there's a thing called ethical storytelling, right? And and by giving people the pathway to be able to tell their story, not just drop it, not just showing up and saying, "Hey, tell your story." Tell us why you're at this food bank. Like, that's not that's not how this gets done. Yeah. You, know, you need to do it ethically and you need to help them tell that story in a way they may not have the confidence. They may not have the language skills. They didn't grow up in this Italian household where you had <laughs> an entire lifetime of telling stories. It's in your right? D- it was in your DNA. Sure. Yeah. There might yeah. be traumas that 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 ha- that keep them from being able to tell that story. And so you have to be ethical in the way that you collect stories. And a lot of that is helping is, is centering the idea of elevating people. Right. Elevating their story and to elevate their story. You need to help guide them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we built in. I mean, this is a little tactical, but like we built in little ways that you can sort of guide them on their storytelling process, because like you said, it, it's not easy and not everybody is a natural storyteller. Um, but, you know, but if the you other guide them on that, then that's easier. That's easier for them. The other thing, the other problem that I see, and and unlike you, I've been in fundraising for 
a very long time. Mm-hmm. And outside of this role, I also run a nonprofit with with my daughter. She started her own nonprofit when That's she was wonderful. about 14. So so like I'm immersed in fundraising and I still find storytelling hard, but it, it is absolutely the the I mean, if you don't do anything else, you need to tell your story if, yeah. you're, if you're a fundraiser. Um, but the other issue I see is that sometimes we're very emotionally attached to every single detail. We're just as fundraisers, we're, we're passionate and, and emotional about the mission mm-hmm. and it, 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 you really, you really feel it. So, you know, the details about whatever the situation right. is, maybe it's too much. It's bringing it's too much, bringing the donor and, and the listener going around in circles and where are you going with this? And, mm-hmm. and so what do you say about that? And how does memory Fox yeah. help get all that? You know, cause I'm not saying we take emotion and passion out. I'm just saying we kind of have to guide it to do. Cause again, we're telling a story for a reason. We're telling a story yeah. to help people get aligned with the mission and to become involved, whether it's as a donor, a volunteer and, and long-term involvement. What do you say to that whole piece? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a really, really good point. And so what we do is we built in, we actually just finished an integration with Canva. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Canva. I'm very familiar with Canva, for sure. I love yeah. Canva. We're huge, huge Canva fans. And so what we what we're leveraging Canva for is so that you can sort of edit and break up the stories a little bit because the stuff you're going to get is not always going to be a hundred percent straight to the point, you know, so you can edit it and you can sort of shape it a little bit because not everything you, it's unfair to expect that every video story that you get is going to be the way that you need it. Right. That has that consistent through line, no matter how much you kind of usher it. Right. It's still, you're going to get what you get in the end. And so being able to edit it and like package it in a way so that you as the marketer fundraiser control the through line that allows you to be able to kind of control that process a little bit. Um, Because because you're right, it is, it's, it's not easy. And one of the things that I think about is, um, you know, that old saying, right? People don't remember what you said. They remember the way you made them feel. Um, oh, and if, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Feel, so people don't remember what you said. They remember how they, how you made them feel. I think that feel. needed to be underscored. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, if they feel confused, <laughs> you know, they're probably, you know, you, you maybe missed an opportunity to win over a donor right there. But if they come out of there and they don't really remember the details, but they remember just being like overwhelmed with emotion, then you then you got them. Right. They won't remember the detail. They won't remember the name. They won't remember the this. It's not in the details. It's in the through lines. It's in the way that they feel at the end of it. And again, like if they feel confused you know, then that's not, that's definitely not a good feeling. They should come out of there feeling your mission intimately. Um, so so take me through, as well. Chris, take me through your process, if, if you don't mind, because I think, I believe that most people think they got their story down, right? Like they yeah. know their story. Their story is why they became a 501c3, why they, mm-hmm. why they're in the game, why, why, why they're, you know, and I think that, Oh, tell your story sound, does sound easier than, than it really, really is. 
So we have just identified all the reasons why it's not and how important it is. So take me through the process, you know, ding-a-ling-a-ling, um, hi, this is Dawn with, you know, Morgan Marie Michael Foundation. Um, Chris, I need help from your team. What does that mm-hmm. look like? What is the consulting, the onboarding, the team? Like, take me through what you do. Do you mind? Yeah, yeah, right. And I do, I want to take it one step further because yeah. you talked about, um, you know, fundraisers and marketers, right? And they're, they're good at t- storytelling, generally speaking, right? Like that's the that's the job, right? That's, but, that's for sure. And one of the things I learned from some storytelling experts that, that I've talked to over the years is a lot of people get caught up is like, it's their story. Like I'm the marketer, I'm the fundraiser. And it's- I, 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 yeah. Right, or maybe not even I, right? But it's like, it's always like, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. But like the next level, like the elite level is elevating the voices of your community to tell your story, right? Who tells the story better? Now, they might not tactically tell it better. They might not tell it as well, but you can get that in editing is is like that end recipient of the mission telling the story like that's the goal standard of storytelling is like the person who receives the benefits of the mission, not the fundraiser, not the marketer. It's elevating those voices. And now more than ever, right? There's so many disadvantaged communities that get sort of left out um, because, oh, because because they're not as technically proficient, so they can't record a video, right? And so how are we elevating the voices of our community? And that's the centerpiece to what we do is is helping you gather that content from your community so you can elevate those voices in your fundraising activities. So when you, you know, you go to the Memory Fox website, you sign up for a demo. Um, we'll what is the Memory Fox? Is it as easy as memoryfox.com or do you well, have? .io. Well, .io. We tried to do .com and someone owned it and they refused mm. to sell it to me. <laughs> oh, come on We're now. Like, okay, that's okay. Dollars. I'm like, what are we doing here? I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. Um, so we'll. Says, says the authentic guy from Brooklyn. Yeah. I love that. Right. <laughs> I could just so imagine that conversation. It's memoryfox.io or dot Mem- and no, just lowercase memory fox, no underscores, hyphens, or Nothing anything weird. fancy. Okay, yeah. just memoryfox.io. Got it. Yeah, and you'll see everything you need to know. Now, the, the main way that people end up with this or get it is the one way is yeah, you go to the website, you sign up for a demo, and you buy it yourself as a individual um, nonprofit. But also what we started to do is we work through foundations who purchase it for their community for free, um, which is really, really cool. To oh, wait, to explain that to me. So we have found- it scale. So does that mean that a foundation purchases it for their community so that the community has like a template to tell their stories, which furthers the, the mission because we're their hearing mission. about, oh, wow, tell me more about and they that. Love that is, it. And the yeah. foundations love it because what do you think that they need? Stories. They need content too. <laughs> right. Cause they, they still have, if they're a, if they're a community foundation, they need, they still have clients that they need to raise through. Or if you're a family foundation, you need to keep the family appraised of where this money's going. Also, it's the story of the foundation. Like keeping this stuff is like, what are we doing if we're not talking, if we don't have any record of it. And um, so, so we've started working through foundations who buy it for their community and it's a self 
self-serve platform. It's really easy. And what it is, and so actually, let me take a step back, is let's talk about the platform. So the way it actually works, right? So now you have your account. The foundation, community foundation, bought it for you, and you signed up, and now you have it. So you'll go through an onboarding. It can be an hour. It could be four hours. I don't care. However long you need to be able to fully understand the platform, how it works, and so that it specifically fits to your use case and the stories that you want to tell. So you go into the platform and there's a form that you fill out and it generates what we call a campaign, a storytelling campaign. And then you send that out to your storytellers so it could be one, it could be a thousand, it could be, in some cases, we've had tens of thousands um, storytellers. They just click the link and they're in. And then it tells them, it guides them through the story and they tell the story about whatever it is that you need. So it could be, why did you don't like, tell us why this, sto- this organization is important to you and why you donate. Tell us uh, what was the impact of these funds. Um, in, in helping you further your, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you're the recipient of the funds for. It could be, heck, we have people who use it for like organizational events, like someone's retiring or someone, um, you know, gets promoted or, you know, it could be anything, right? It is for all storytelling needs, whether it's for fundraising, standing out on social media or whatever. Um, so they collect this content and then all this video content is automatically tagged and organized on a simple like cloud oh system God. where you can see it all in one place and it's tagged by, you know, who sent it, when they sent it, um, you know, what organization. It's like a file of content. It. It's your story bank and it's all organized by consent. So we capture consent at the point of capture. So you oh my God, people. Chris, Chris, That was Chris. one of the biggest things that we learned is like tracking consent is one of the worst <laughs> pains in the butt. And so you have all this content in one place in your story bank. And now you can put it to use. You can create reports. You can mash it up on Canva. You can clip it. You can do all these types of things. You can put it, you can create um, all kinds of cool things or share it directly on social. Whatever channel that you need to leverage in your fundraising and marketing campaigns, it connects to that and allows you to be able to leverage those stories in an easy way. Chris, uh, Chris, Chris, my mind is like churning. I, first of all, I have to tell you a personal story. I, through, for my daughter's foundation, we at one point wanted to do some storyboarding with ambassadors and capture some stories. Do you know the hoops that we had to jump through? <laughs> form <Yes>. stacks and <laughs> email. <laughs> yeah, no, like we create form stacks and how are we going to host it? And Brutal. do we have to buy a subscription? And and how do we connect it and integrate it to our website and send your images here? And oh, they're too large. Use, use well, I'm not going to mention different names, but transfer yeah. file software and da, 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 da. we have had to abort. We were just like, this is not working. We just had to completely abort. And I'm here with like the big O mouth, like you, like I knew what you did, but I didn't know what you did. Right. Like <laughs> that's amazing. The yeah. other thing that I'm thinking about is that, you know, best practice, of course, yet if you're not being social on all of the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram stories, you know, all, there's so many platforms, right. And having a social calendar and, you know, producing content, but, but also user, you know, content, 
content. User generated content. User generated. That's the word I was looking for. I knew it was in my brain someplace, but you just pulled it out. Thank you. User generated content. All the hotness. You just solved so many things. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. We fell into it. (laughs) We didn't have to. But 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 that's part of the learning journey because think about it. I mean, it's social media right now is just really tough, and it's it's only getting tougher for nonprofits who don't have the resources that even small businesses have, right? And so and and nonprofit marketing is different. It's not the same as selling vacuums, right? Like a vac, you're selling vacuums. You hire a marketing agency. They produce some, you know, evergreen content. Value props and okay. yeah, yeah, thing, right? a little bit of a differential. Yeah, okay. But the way you win on social media in this like attention economy is authentic content. So we tie that end, that grassroots content all the way to the end to your donors or to your on social media so that you can stand out. Uh, in this attention economy. And it's the thing is, is like one of the misconceptions about content is that it has to be super sophisticated, very polished. Oh, no, we can't share that. It has ums and ahs in it. And no, 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 no. Get content out there. Get it on your website because search engine optimization and, and all these algorithms and everything like they don't care. <laughs> the AI doesn't care that's evaluating you and driving interactions. It just wants content. And so feed the beast with all kinds of great stories from your community. Don't feel the need to make it over polished and all these things. Get content out there and people will interact with it and they will they will enjoy it because they yeah, love you and that- they love your mission. That's what I think I started there, you know, when we we first started chatting about the overproduced, Mm -hmm. I think that overproduced doesn't necessarily come across as authentic and authenticity, you know, and, and being believed. We don't, we don't talk. I probably said, um, a hundred times just in this podcast alone. That's right. how we talk as people. We don't talk like we're scripted, you know, models or actors or, yeah. and I don't know that that's, you know, quite as believable as just letting it flow and speaking flow. from the heart. Yeah. It's not a perfect world. And so you have all these like influencers on Instagram and TikTok and everything's perfect. Everything's hunky dory. And it's you just a, had it's your not, hair and makeup done for, uh, you know, a two minute TikTok. Yeah. yeah. We're in the business of helping people who have problems and disadvantaged communities. And so if we just whitewash everything, then what are we doing? We're not doing it. And yeah. so and so when everybody else is zigging, Okay, I just heard the little the New York accent there. We're not doing it. <laughs> but like when everybody's zigging, you should zag. And so when to stand out, authentic content is what you want. And it doesn't have to be super overproduced. You will stand out. When someone's scrolling through their Instagram feed, they're like, okay, another influence. There's Kim Kardashian. There's another. We yeah. love oh, Kim Kardashian, though. That's not, no, yeah, no, not to, no not, shade right? on like Kim. That's their mission. They're for profit, right? That, yeah. that has to be super produced. But like if you're a nonprofit, it needs to be authentic. And yeah. That's the minimum requirement. The requirement is not polished. The requirement is authentic. Yeah. And so stand out through authenticity, not through polish. And um, because you don't need it. You're wasting your time and money if you're trying to go. Sure. 
Yeah, well, now that I think about it, rather than hiring everything that it would take to script and and polish and produce, you know, just hire Memory Fox and yeah, you know, Easy. yeah. And we All make right, it so I have DIY. You just do it yourself, and it takes minutes rather than hiring a ten thousand dollar marketing agency to produce you something over the top. So where do you see Memory Fox going? I mean, you're you're relative. Yeah. I mean, you just hit your milestone customer yeah. base, which is awesome. Where do you see Memory Fox, you know, growing um, in the next maybe five years? Yeah, what excites me the most is community building. Is the oh my gosh, like, the other next right? big thing with nonprofit. Oh, talk to me about that. Because one of the things that I've noticed that's happened in the last three or four years is is community like nonprofits want to collaborate, and you've got the haves and the have-nots in every community, right? You've got the well, I won't mention names, but you've got the ones that have the money and they have the resources, and then you have the ones that you don't. And sometimes those are along, you know, racial lines or they're around different types of things. But people want to collaborate, and so. One of the things that I'm very passionate about is how can we connect communities so that they can do story collaborative storytelling campaigns, right? So they can work together and share resources because the way things are shifting, you've like foundations are kind of positioning themselves as the center of nonprofit activity in their community. And they're always trying to do things to like elevate the, the nonprofits that don't have the same resources. And so what if we can connect all these communities through storytelling and collaborative storytelling projects? Here's an example. COVID. Every community's United Way probably did a COVID campaign in collaboration with, with some other community foundations and things like that. And what did they want? Like, what did all of our customers do? Is they collected from all their communities, but it's not really easy to do individual stovepipes, you know, but what if, what if that really well-to-do nonprofit could collaborate on a storytelling prof, not a campaign with that small nonprofit? Now they've elevated that small nonprofit and onto the same uh, uh, stage as that larger nonprofit. And that achieves the goal of raising awareness for those smaller ones and elevates them. And um, obviously there's a lot of details and all that from a software standpoint and just a lot of research that needs to get done. But that's where my passion is. Is yeah. like Buffalo is a community. It's an old community. It's very rich history. It went through a lot of challenges in the 90s and, and 2000s. But now it's like everybody's just all oh, Buffalo, all these, everybody's just exuberant about the city. Um, and, you know, but we still have our challenges, right? I mean, there was that shooting that happened at the tops just, just a month ago. And But what happened, right? Everybody rallied together and wants to be a part of it. Um, and elevate the community around there. So when the community you know, comes together, there's power. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. collaboration of resources because you're always going to have the haves and have nots. That's just the way of the world. But if that, but the haves want to help. My wife works at a museum here in Buffalo and they are a have. <laughs> they are a have. And they all they talk about is like, how can we help? Right. They know 
their status in the community. And they want to collaborate with smaller nonprofits to be able to help elevate them. But that's it's not that easy, right? It's not as easy as just saying, we want to help and showing up, right? There's a lot of real work that needs to get done. And if we can help enable that through the power of collaborative community storytelling, I think I think we do, we're doing our part. You yeah, know? I'm I think there's some some uncertainty or maybe fear about um, collaboration and community. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it, it absolutely is power. And I'm going to predict we're going to have to redo this episode, you know, a couple of years from now, because I'm with you 100% community is where fundraising is going Mm -hmm. for sure. And so um, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Um, I I, I could listen to you all day. I can't believe that just (laughs) like 30 minutes just Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, I learned so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But if we, we, I think we have time for one more question. If we, if you can give one tip to a nonprofit about their storytelling, what would that, I mean, aside from picking up the, going to memory Fox, um, <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, aside from, from calling Chris, like right now and, and getting the story straight, as they say, um, what, what's the one tip that you'd like to share? Yeah, no, and I, 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 uh, I am not an expert. I'm a person who's learning and listening. And um, so I'll just quote somebody who's smarter than me. So Seth <laughs> Godin, I, I imagine you're, you're familiar and a lot of people are familiar. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. He's actually from Buffalo, which is pretty cool. Very um, cool. And he, one of my favorite phrases of his, if not my favorite, is that, um, you know, marketing is no longer about the stuff that you make. It's about the stories you tell. Right. And that is something that I think everyone should should center in their fundraising and marketing efforts is is um, is it's not it's not just about the things that you do, but it's the way it's the stories you tell about it. Right. It's the whole tree falling in the middle of the woods. If you could have the greatest mission in the world, but if you're not telling great stories about it and getting that mission out to the world, you know, then what then then you're really you know, harming, not harming your mission. I, I, I'm trying, struggling to find. You're not optimizing. You're not optimizing. optimizing. Yeah, there you go. Right. And it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be polished. It's about storytelling. Um, So get your story out there to be fearless about it. No one cares if it's perfect. They just want to see it and they want to know about what you do. And it's such a competitive landscape on like, especially social economy. Yeah. So, so you, this is just not an area to, not do it, not, not to, to not optimize yeah. and try to get it as, you know, best you can, because you only have a second to capture them when, when the finger scrolling, whatever mm-hmm. that social channel is. And yeah. it's competitive. I mean, you know, years ago, TikTok was like, oh, just about anything would, would get noticed. But today, not really, because so many followers on, on, on TikTok, on Facebook, on, right. you know, y- you really to stand out. Hard. It's hard. Yeah. So not have a lot of resources help. and people. They they yeah. don't have the same resources as a for-profit. So that's what we're trying to level the playing field. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Great, great, great stuff. I, I, I need to have you again and again and again and again. Love it. This is, yeah, this was, this was really cool. Um, but unfortunately to all the fearless fundraisers out there and storytellers, that's about all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. This is part of our Raise Impact series. So hopefully everything Chris shared um, with, from all of his experience through uh, his company, Memory Fox, will help you raise your impact. Please tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. That's Thursdays, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. Follow the channel that you like best so that you can get notifications about our new guests. We do stream on 11 channels and on demand at onecause.com. Fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. Stories are inspiring. Memory Fox helps our nonprofits tell their stories. You won't want to miss a single episode. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Be sure to check out onecause.com. Visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and blogs and infographics and videos that you'll find helpful. A huge shout out and thanks to my guest, Chris Miano from Memory Fox, founder and CEO. We're so happy that you're here and you talk to us about authentic and passionate um, storytelling, getting it right and getting it, getting it out there. Hey, Chris, any last words of inspiration for our listeners? No, I just want to thank you so much. It's a real privilege to be here and privilege to be able to connect with your audience and all the people doing the good work of this country and really, really, really making an impact. So it's a real, real honor to be here. Well, thank you for what you're doing, for being impacted by stories that you've heard. And of course, your service to the country. We really appreciate it. I think we're going to have to keep this story going and invite you back to a future episode. Um, But for now, that's a wrap. And until next time, I'm Don Lego, and this is Raise Nation Radio. Stay fearless out there. 